What is up, my friends? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Coworking Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Alex Hellman, and we are continuing today in our series of summit preview episodes. And today we're actually digging into the archives from the people at Work Summit 2016 and grabbing one of our favorite talks, actually one of the crowd favorite talks from one of our members here at Indie Hall. Her name is Lydia Martin. Uh, Lydia has not only been a member of Indie Hall for several years, she's also been a member of Indie Hall in two distinctly different ways. For a while, she was a member here on site, where she was here you know, calling this her place of work while she worked remotely for another company. But then the tables turned, and her life situation changed, and she moved to New York City. I think part of the reason this talk was so resonant last year is that lots of co-working spaces have members in the situation where members leave almost reluctantly, I want to say, where they wish they could keep their membership, but because they're moving away, they think there's not a reason to. And we've embraced this by creating a virtual membership, a community membership that's more focused on participating and contributing in the community online without physically coming into the co-working space. But this requires a totally different way of thinking, making sure that you're present in the member's mind and that they're present in yours. And Lydia's got some of the most awesome, actionable tips from the perspective of a member about how to make virtual membership in a co-working space valuable and long-lasting. One of the nice things about having this recorded is we were able to edit it down. So this isn't the entire talk, but it's some of the meatiest parts. I'm sure you'll learn a lot, and I hope it inspires you to reach out to some of your virtual members. And if you don't have virtual members, maybe ask yourself, why not? So here's Lydia Martin talking about how to make virtual membership in your co-working community totally awesome. I used to live in Philadelphia, which allowed me to work out of the Indy Hall co-working space for about a year. And then I decided to move back to New York City and I had a dilemma. How would I stay a part of Indy Hall? Uh, if I wasn't there in person, how would I maintain my friendships or build new ones or contribute to the local community back in Philly? And I just couldn't imagine what it would look like to be remote after having been local for so long. Um, and the way that I summarized it in my brain was uh, if co-working was a strange enough concept that I had wrapped my brain around, uh, I didn't know what to make of virtual co-working. So I'll let you know what vir virtual co-working has looked like for me. It is 99% uh, using digital online tools to stay connected uh, with the community. So Indie Hall specifically has several tools already in place that I'll outline briefly. We use a tool called Group Buzz, uh, which is mostly for formal topics. If there's something important that we need to post, something important everyone needs to know about, it gets posted there. We also use Slack, which you're all really familiar with, and that's more for the daily chit chat. And then of course, Crowdcast for, um, for streaming live events like this one. Uh, that being said, I used all of those tools when I was a remote member. Um, and thank goodness I did because I was already really comfortable with them. And then when I became remote, I could just continue that. There have been huge benefits, at least for me, for uh, remaining involved in my co-working space, even as a remote member. Uh, specifically, I still feel up to speed about what's going on in the community. I can still contribute, particularly for me, by running our skill sharing system. Uh, and if any of you are interested in co-working and skill sharing, I'd love to talk about that as well. And something that's really gratifying for me is that 
even local members still seem to know who I am. And some of them I've never met in person, um, but they see my name online, they see my contributions online, and um, they acknowledge that I'm a part of the community too. So that's extremely rewarding. Uh, but the downsides, uh, there are a lot of them. Um, and in prepping for this talk, I've had a lot of conversations with other remote uh, members, specifically at Indy Hall and even other places. And the number one downside that I've heard is a feeling of being disconnected, as though the main community is wherever the physical community is, and that remote members are disconnected from that. And as a result, I think that virtual coworkers often adopt a uh, passive stance, almost as though they have a read-only membership. They're just reading about what's happening online, they're hearing about it, they're sending their love, but they're not really contributing. I've also heard the complaint that it's, it's hard to find a comfortable excuse to strike up a conversation uh, uh, digitally. Uh, since you're not crossing paths with someone at the front door, uh, or on a lunch table. And it's hard when you don't have those easy in-person excuses just to say, how's your day going? Or I love your jacket. Um, and then people are afraid that if they do th throw their hat into the ring, um, someone might think, well, who's this rando? I've never met her before. I don't know her name. And in reality, that would never happen. But those are the fears of a remote coworker. The real problem with these individual feelings is that what happens is that remote members can start to drift away. They'll just drift off into the ether. We don't really know what's going on with them. Uh, you might passively realize that you haven't seen their name online in a while, um, but you don't know if it's because they're busy, uh, if they've had a big life event, maybe they wanna cancel their membership, you have no idea. Even worse is the moment that the remote member might feel uh, that they've drifted away and nobody's noticed. So that's really, uh, that's really the darkest side of it all. Um, but now I'm gonna talk about how we can avoid this. So um, if you run a co-working space or if you do any kind of community building, uh, I have three major recommendations for you. Number one, check in with your remote members. With local members, you're seeing them face to face, you're gonna remember to ask how they're doing. But with remote members, you might have to literally set a reminder in your phone to reach out to them now and then. Um, and maybe maybe a simple Slack, hey, what's up? Haven't seen, you, haven't seen you online in a while is fine. Or maybe you go out of your way to schedule a Skype, uh, get some face-to-face -face time. So that's number one, reach out to your remote members. Number two, empower them to be just as active as the local members. They do not have a second tier membership. They're not read only, they're not passive, they're not observant. You need to encourage them to dominate chat rooms, organize events, start initiatives, remind them again and again that they have an important role to play in the community. And number three, encourage your remote members to own something. Ownership of a topic or an interest helps other members, whether they're remote or local, associate that person with that topic. So for instance, if someone's really interested in cooking and they're always talking about cooking and organize events about it, uh, other people will start to associate them with cooking and then whenever they have a cooking question, that person will come to mind and that member will reach out to the virtual member directly. And I can't tell you how good that will make 
the virtual member feel that they came to mind spontaneously for someone who is not physically bumping into them. That would eliminate the problem of out of sight, out of mind with your uh, virtual members. If you are a remote coworker, I have one big recommendation that I hope is the biggest takeaway, which is to speak up, speak up. You belong in your community. You have something meaningful to contribute. You have a unique perspective. Maybe it's just from being remote, but chances are you have a unique perspective just from being you and whatever it is that you're into. You can organize events. Uh, there are plenty of ways to do it with Crowdcast. They can be, uh, they can just be live events through Slack. There are tons of ways. Um, you can become known for your special interests and skills, and you can uh, positively impact the direction that your community takes. But you have to speak up. So claim your space. Don't be a passive observer, and remember that you belong. Now I got to ask you: Has that changed your perspective on virtual membership? Because it certainly did for me. Lydia has been one of the leading voices in our community for how we can thoughtfully reach out to our community members who aren't physically in the workspace every single day and make sure that they feel like an active contributing part of the community. And ultimately, that just makes the entire community better. So I hope that this has inspired you to think a little bit differently, both about how you could include virtual membership, but also how some of these lessons translate over into the things you take for granted in your in-person community workspace. Now, next week, we're going to take a little bit of a break from the People at Work Summit preview series to bring you something new and something I'm frankly really excited to be able to share. One of the biggest challenges of a podcast is when I'm giving advice, when I'm sharing my perspective, it's a one directional conversation. You've sent me a question and I'm going to do my best to answer it, but I don't really get a chance to interact with you as you're receiving the information. So I decided to record a live coaching session with one of my readers. His name is Andy. He's based in London and he's an early stage co-working catalyst. He started building a community and he's trying to figure out what the steps are from plugging into his community in London to eventually creating a co-working space. This is the important early stage work. And I gave him some advice that he was super, super grateful to get. And because Andy's awesome, he's letting me share the whole thing with you. We've got the whole thing recorded. You're going to be able to listen into his original question, my initial responses, how we get a little bit deeper, what I suggest he does next, and what he takes away from the conversation. This is about as close as you can get to one-on-one -on -one coaching with me without having to pay for it. So I'm super, super, super excited that Andy was generous enough to let us share this conversation. I know it's gonna be valuable, especially for those of you who are in the early stages of building your community. That comes out next week, so make sure you're subscribed to this show to get that episode right when it comes out. I do have one last thing to remind you about. The People at Work Summit is still coming up in just a few weeks. That's July 12th, 13th, and 14th, and tickets are still on sale. There's one more week for you to get your tickets at a discount price. Price goes up on July 27th. And if you buy before then, you can save an additional 10% by getting your ticket at peopleatworksummit.com slash podcast. That's a special URL just for podcast listeners. It's going to take you to a less detailed page. It doesn't have any of the speaker previews. You've got to go over to peopleatworksummit.com to get those, but it does get you your tickets for 10% off. That's peopleatworksummit.com slash podcast for you to get your discounted tickets. That's all I've got for you this week. I hope you enjoyed this short episode. I'll see you next week with my coaching call with Andy, and I hope you have an awesome week between now and then.